Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 207. I am your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. So, um, you weren't supposed to be here. What's going on? No, I was uh, expecting to fly out to BC, but uh, apparently uh, change, changes were made, and uh, here I am. So, surprise. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a hurry up and wait mode? I am in hurry up and wait mode. What are the odds yeah. that that would happen in the military? Oh, yeah. I'm shocked and amazed. I think, I think it's the first time this has ever happened. Usually never, everything yeah. is so cut and dry. It's like you're going, get on the plane. Right? It's all hurry, hurry, hurry. There's no, there's no wait. No, not at all. At least, you know, not with you guys. Because, you know, the, any wait means five-star hotels and stuff. That's of course, yeah. We need, to, we need to book in advance. <clears throat> well, yeah. yeah. It's all about, you know, the comfort. If I can't see the beach from the room, I don't want it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Got to treat your people right. Yeah. My God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last time my creme brulee, like it just didn't it didn't have the have the same crack when I when I hit it with my spoon, you know. Oh, they used uh, generic brand sugar on the top. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's terrible. (laughs) It should be. It's supposed to be hand crushed by tiny baby hands. Yeah, I told. It's okay. I told the receptionist. I was like, Yeah. 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 The this the pain that you guys in the Air Force go through, um, I tip my hat. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. At least my at least my uh, my robe and everything that was on the back of the door was warm, so it was all good. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, the, it's the it's those little things you got to look for the the silver linings in Absolutely. in all those situations. Yeah. Um. So in the meantime, we're gonna take advantage of you being here and get you on the show. Perfect. Because it makes it way easier on me than just <laughs> monologuing. Wow. Uh, Treg, unfortunately, can't be with us. He's still uh, dealing with other issues. So he's going to take care of that. And he'll come back as soon as he's able. He sends his best regards, warmest wishes, um, shirtless gym selfies, uh, all of it. <laughs> he's still sending those out. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. And, you know, he's getting more swole by the day. Yeah. So good for him. I think there's another tattoo added on too. I, I couldn't tell. I don't know. They, they, there's so many of the selfies. I just. Or the muscles are just getting so big that one tattoo got stretched out. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Whew. I'm going to nickname him Arnold. 
Uh, all right. So in this episode, we're going to cover off a few little items. We're going to get caught up a little bit on the Canadians uh, <laughs> medical bay. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Nashville game over the weekend, preview the Washington game and talk about a few things here and there. So we'll start. Why don't we start with something fun? Sure. Uh, a little news around the league and sure. the, the epic, wonderful, definitely not disgustingly horrible jerseys for uh, New Jersey. I, I think you've got a franchise that could do so much with that logo. And we're talking a third logo. We're, you know, we're talking about a third jersey. So you can have a little bit of fun with it. But you take the take the devil and, and you can really make something kind of fun. You can make something that the fans are going to rush to. Now it's we're talking about it. The fans are talking about it, but uh, kind of for all the wrong reasons. But uh, we're seeing a lot of it, very good memes and uh, uh, a lot of a lot of photos that are going out, kind of mocking the jersey. And I, you know, I I can see why it's uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, it is fucking it's pretty, ugly. It's pretty bad. Like we thought oh, that some bad. we thought that when we when we looked at the reverse retro jerseys last year for some of the teams that those were bad. This makes like the small end Toronto Maple Leafs jersey look good. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just it's bad. bad. They, like, they, they they could have used they like they they could have made this so much better. And like as we were saying before, I record we started our recording. They could have just put the the um, Devils logo in that same uh, white with the red black border on it. I think it would have really made it pop instead of just putting the word jersey across the chest just in cursive jersey on the chest of a jersey so now yeah. you have the memes of hat with yeah. the cursive hat yeah. helmet and, pants yeah yeah the whole thing and yeah. they deserve to be mocked for it because those are yeah. just horrible looking like i understand wanting a black jersey i think it having a black jersey in new jersey with the devil's yeah. That could have, they, there was so much they could have done with that. Yeah, they could have done black with some red outline or something. It would have, it would have looked really good. Like the, yeah. um, the, um, the blackout jerseys that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning wear, I really like those. Eh. Right. So if they could have done something inspired maybe by that, but then add the red, you know, devil colors, I think, at least I with think just the popped. logo. In, yeah, in the, whatever... the logo should be on it for sure. Yeah. No, well, it, I don't know if you keep the logo as is, or you, you can make a third logo or, yep. you know, like a shoulder patch design that you would use as a logo. And you just keep the, a little bit of red in the outline. So it's still black and white, but with yep. just that little bit of red around the, whatever logo you chose yeah. instead of Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the shit was that? I don't know, but people yeah. are going to buy them. People know, are going to buy them. And people are, are like, well, I don't like the number of stripes on the show on the arms. And I'm like, my dude, that is not the issue here. No, not at all. They are just, you're wasting your money if you buy that. <laughs> I mean, people will. But I'm the guy that didn't like the Captain Highliner uh, a jersey for uh, the Islanders. Yeah. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. But they're kind of a cult classic now. That's right. You know, it's, it, they're so ugly, people like them. Which is probably why my uh, why my wife picked me. She's like, "Oh my god, he's so ugly. He's cute." Yeah. So you know, I mean, hey, whatever. If you're if you like the jersey, good for you. But I, I don't know. That just it screams 
12 year old homework assignment, last minute turn in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it needs more strings. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, shoot. What are we going to do? I don't know. Just write the name on the front. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed lazy. I know Berdur put it together and all that, but yeah, it, if you want to see, uh, I posted on my Twitter, there's a comparison to the Halifax Mooseheads. The Mooseheads yeah. had a black and white Jersey with the curse of Halifax written on the front. It's almost identical, except at least with Halifax, they put a little bit of color on the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody posted a picture of like an Amber Crombie top and it looks exactly the same. So yeah. same, same cursive, same everything. Right. Oh, so yeah. maybe Just, it inspired yeah. the Jersey. Who knows? Who knows? You know, he was, <laughs> Maybe he got the nanny to do something up. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. You'll figure it out. Uh, All right. So we'll go to the Canadians now. Um, So there's been some updates in the the Canadians medical bay. Uh, As of today, as we record, it's uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of November. Jake Allen is back with the team and he's going to be skating with them tomorrow. Uh, Edmondson. Hoffman, Perot, and Paquette are all skating at different levels. Uh, Edmondson and Perot are with, or sorry, uh, Paquette are with the team. Um, Perot is on his own and Hoffman is on his own. And the remainder of the sick bay is still in the sick bay. And Price still isn't skating. He skated uh, skated last Monday for the first time and still hasn't skated. He's doing off-ice workouts and um, just kind of build that – build that strength back up and just get back into game shape before he gets back on the ice. Yeah. And Kulak is also, uh, he has now got a lower body injury and he is not traveling with the team to Washington. Yeah. So, which, which is okay. And I, and I tweeted about this earlier and I know yeah. you did as well. Um, this is going to give Edmondson a spot right away to slide into whenever he's ready. And it's also going to give Norlander a little bit more playing time. For now, uh, yes. for now, and uh, I think with Kulak being out, I think we're going to look a little bit more at, uh, at Wideman, who I thought played one of his better games the other night. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, they have they have some reinforcements coming, and I think that uh, a guy like Kulak can just heal up, and you know we'll see we'll see how you are when you get back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. But on Norlander, I mean, he got he he had very very little ice time in the last game. He did. So with Kulak being out, uh, hopefully some of that ice time gets spread over to him. It should, it should. should. But I but I can see uh, I can see uh, I can see Romanov eating some more of those minutes as well. I bet no. I bet uh, Weidman gets almost all of it. It's going to be he, he like he'll like he'll likely. He'll likely get a get a few of them for sure. Thirty minutes for Weidman. Just watch. <laughs> well, in the last game, Kulak played fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, and uh, was a minus one couple. You know, a few hits. That was pretty much it. Norlander had eleven minutes, and Weidman picked up two assists and just played over eleven minutes. So, yeah, we'll see. You never know with this coaching staff who's going to play, who should play, who slots no- up as fourth line center, who shouldn't be, etc. There's no rhyme or reason. It's not like it's a meritocracy. I, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that he sits behind the bench with like a 20 sided dice. He's like, okay, anything over a five, I'm going to sit my youth 
Uh, oh, yeah. six. Everybody sits. Well, while I bring why I bring that up is it's today at practice. Fourth line rotation had Pizzetta on the left, Cedric Pocket on center, and then a rotation of Ryan Paling and UL Army on the right. And I know we're going to get into the Nashville game, but we're six games in of Ryan Paling's season. He scored three goals. He hasn't looked out of place. He looked he's a hell. Got, he's, uh, he, he's looked a hell of a lot better than what he did during the preseason. Yeah, and his Corsi four is about fifty eight percent. Then you've got Cedric Paquette coming back from an injury and a suspension. He hasn't played very <laughs> much since, and he's played ten games and hasn't put up a single point. And his Corsi is around forty percent. So. I know that they want to have a veteran in. I know they want to have French Canadian players in. I know this, I know this, but if you want to have a physical presence, if you want to add some grit, some veteran leadership, whatever you want to call it to that fourth line, Paling isn't the guy that you're taking out. Right. And like, this isn't a, this isn't a knock on Pizzetta. I think that he's played the role that he's meant to play, but that's the guy you need to sit not someone that just put in two goals in 37 seconds in the last game that's playing with some effort and playing with some drive when on a team that desperately needs that. Yeah. When you finally, and he's a first round pick who's finally starting to find his, his niche, find his game. And then just as he's starting to really start to roll, you, you would sit him in, in favor of, some guy you just signed as a free agent for a minimum contract for a yeah. year. But no. even if he, like, even if he doesn't, and mm-hmm. afterwards Ducharme was asked about it and he said that he might with how Paling has been playing, that he might keep him at center and then move pocket uh, to the, uh, to the wing, which would likely bump out Pizzetta. However, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be a might. However, this is what my problem is. You're putting doubt now in the eyes of Ryan Paling. And obviously I'm not in the player's head right now, but that's how I'd be feeling. If I just had a two goal game playing limited minutes, I'm trying to earn a spot in this team. All of a sudden someone comes back. That's a veteran who I've got more points than that. I've been playing better than, and all of a sudden I'm doing rotations with somebody else and my spot might not be secure anymore. Yeah. Which is, a pain in the ass, but at the same time, I'm going to go back to how much, how much uh, time has he spent? How much blood, sweat, and tears has he put into this organization? Pocket has just got there. Yeah. Yes, he's a veteran in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. But he's not a veteran with the Canadians, whereas right. Paling is. Paling yeah. has he was drafted by the team. Yeah, 2017 yeah. first round pick. Yeah. And and he's put in he's put in some time with the team. He's put in effort with the team. So why is somebody who's a little bit older and has played a couple more years in the league put above someone that you drafted in the first round who's actually outplaying the guy you just signed for a minimum contract? Probably contest? because of his name. Probably. That's probably it. And which but, the, but but this is the thing. Like you you gotta use you gotta use Paling while he's hot. You yep. don't want to destroy the guy's confidence and then all of a sudden throw him back in Laval. Um and you look at some of these guys that are that are going to be back within the next little while. Um, Perot is skating. 
He still has to have his vision completely back, but he's skating. Hoffman's going to be back. And these are two guys that are going to put in the lineup. Well, once once uh, Pockett's uh, Perot is back, then Perot can take Pockett's spot. So yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Language barrier is still covered. Yeah. <laughs> if that's if that's yeah. why you think they're in, then that's yeah. that's who would be the swap. That's right. Hoffman coming in, um, that would be Pizzetta. That's exactly that. yeah. yeah yeah yeah. And, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna argue with that. No, but if you put Pizzetta on waivers, you're gonna lose him. More yeah, more likely. Yeah. There's a very good chance. So who would you rather lose? Would you rather lose? Pizzetta? I would. Put, I would put Paquette. I would throw Paquette down in Laval. I would try. He might get picked right. up on waivers. And if he does, he does. And that's not a big loss. That's right. Whereas if you keep by keeping Pizzetta, you're you're keeping this a glue guy in the organization, someone yeah. who's drafted by the organization, developed by the organization, who brings a style of play that has been missing for a little while. Nobody in the organization right now, other than maybe Josh Anderson. But even yeah, Josh, Josh Anderson, Anderson but, has but, talent. It's right, 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 right. But like on the physical side of it, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Right? The gritty, the gritty physical game, the north south, yeah. willing to drop the gloves. The, type yeah, of style. The, the if need be. Obviously, um, obviously, um, uh, is a little bit quicker. So most times with the gloves, but. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the kind of that's the kind of player he is. That's the kind of the kind of player he was when he played in Sudbury as well. So yeah, he's the guy who'd stand up for a teammate, and yes. you need those guys, even if he's not playing a regular game or a regular shift. Having them on the bench or in the dressing room, that that brings a lot. Like you look yeah. at the the last couple of practices, they've been having some fun. Yeah, and he's at the center of it. That's right. He scored and, that he scored that goal that trickled in and the and the and the you know the team went wild and yeah that's the kind of stuff you want to see. And with Pocket, yeah, I'm I'm sure the guys like him. I'm sure he's he's a nice guy. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. He's got he's got some skill. He's a, he, some ability to play in the NHL. But what does he bring that others don't? And there's nothing there's nothing to his game that's not already brought by others. Yeah. So. Other than the fact that he has been pretty good at taking a lot of penalties on a team whose penalty killing unit is one of the worst in the NHL. Yeah. So is that a good idea to have that hit? No. That's, I don't that's think right. So. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the Nashville game. Yeah. So the Canadians played the Predators on the weekend, and it was probably 40 minutes of the best hockey they've ever played. Yes. <laughs> and I yes, say 40. that's probably well, that's pretty well put. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first 40 minutes, they were flying. It was, it was like watching the Canadians from the start of last season. Yeah. For the first 40 minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they had to start trying to kill penalties. Yeah. Now I'm going to give them uh, a little bit of a leeway on the penalties that were called. I don't think that the penalties that they had incurred to start that third period where they started to really crap the bed. I don't think those are really penalties that should have been called. The Lekanum one for sure. Well, I mean, he took a high stick and then no call. Finished and then finished his check and was called for holding. Yeah. yeah. There was no hold. Yeah. It was or just that, a check. Or, or that phantom rough on Sherratt when he was like trying to plead his away. case. And he's like, wait, what did I do? <laughs> he's he like, was, I know you're the, I know I'm the guy that always gets the penalty, but what do I do? What did I do? 
he was literally 10 feet away from what could have been a call. I mean, yeah. they could have called Petrie for something in front yeah. of the net, but Sherratt was in the corner. Everyone was pretty confused on that. And, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. and unfortunately, both of those led to goals. We, we, um, well, no, yes, actually. Yes. Yeah, it did they lead did. to a goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, good for, good for Duchesne who scored a natural hat trick. Um, <laughs> and, but they, but the thing <laughs> yeah. is they scored on two, two out of three of those goals were on the power play. Yes. Right. And so they you were, got a, a team were those that two shitty ones. Yeah. And a team that, a team that, uh, is already struggling on the penalty kill. You get a couple of those shit calls against you. And like, it's just the way that the hockey guys operate. You take a shitty call. It's probably going to end up in the back of your net. It's never the ones. It's never the ones where it's like, Hey, it's a breakaway. I'm going to take buddy out of the legs and take the trip. You know, some, some sort of questionable penalty or something like that. Then, then it's like, okay, we took the penalty to save a goal. We're going to kill this penalty. It's, yeah you know, phantom call after buddy takes a high stick in the face and you finish your check that ends up in the back of your net. It's exactly right. Like they were, it's, it's as if the officials with the penalties that they called kind of allowed Nashville back in the game. They really did. And like, you know, know, the tweets started going out is, so, you know, is a five goal lead, the worst lead in hockey type thing. Right. And (laughs) and, 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 you know, for a little while, like, um, like Duchesne scored his hat trick at 1627, made it yeah. 5-3. And the the Canadians were really like playing back. Like they were, you know, they weren't trying to drive the play anymore. And uh, it was some very cautious hockey. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm happy that Tofoli was able to put in that empty net because that kind of sealed the deal. That was a lot of good hard work by uh, Suzuki and Armia to get that to uh, to Foley, and it it definitely cemented it. Yeah. But the Canadians took those forty minutes where they, it was a route, and then yeah. they turned that route into a nail biter. Yeah, and Montembeau Montembeau played well, got his first win. Yeah, yeah, got his first win as a Canadian, and yeah. you got to give him credit; he did play well that first period. He took a he lot did. of good shots. Yeah. Um, there was there was a ton of quality shots in the third. I mean, they did kill off one penalty, so yay. Yeah, <laughs> but but like going back to what we just talked about with uh, with with Paling, I th- even though he played the least of any forward, yeah, um, I thought it was one of his better games. And it wasn't just the goals. Yeah, you watched him play; he was playing with speed, with yep. pace. He was physical. He was winning board battles. He was strong on the, on a stick that he would be able to uh, protect the puck. He was, he was doing all those little things that lead to success. And it created a little bit of uh, a gap and a little pocket for himself where he was able to get that first shot off. And then right after that face off, go down and he snapped that shot far side all because he had generated a bit of a bubble. They were a little bit afraid to get right onto him because he was playing a little bit more physical. So it's those little things that paid off for him. Yeah. Person I was the happiest for in that game, Arturi Lackanen. Yeah. Other than ta- other than taking other than taking a stick in the face and getting a penalty called against you for holding, <laughs> um, finally, finally scored that first goal of the season. I think what happened was that they bought him some reinforced sticks. So they oh, wouldn't Jesus. snap every time he shot. Yeah, finally. Yeah. 
there's been so many, so, so many chances he's had this season and, uh, he should probably have at least five, six goals by this point, if not more. And yeah. finally one went in and you saw the relief in his face. And hopefully this leads to a couple more. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but again, this is Lekkanen. We That's This true. is the kind of player he is. Yeah. He'll, he'll generate a ton of scoring chances. He's great defensively, but ironically, not a lot of finish. No. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, after the Penguins shellacking, I mean, the only the only silver lining was watching the youth, watching yeah. the young guys play. Yeah. Now we mentioned we mentioned Paling, uh, Lekin is still fairly young. Yeah. Um, but Romanov, I thought played a pretty strong game. He only played sixteen minutes, and I think he really needs to be given more ice time. He does. And we talked about Kulak being out. I think he'll get a few of those minutes. And so will, uh, and so will Weidman more than likely. Yeah. And I mean, he gave two, he had two hits, a couple of block shots in this game, but Romanov really shines when he's given a little bit more leeway. He wasn't rushing the puck as much. He, um, he, he didn't have that, that green light to really let loose. Like he did against the Rangers a couple of games yeah. back. He had a monster game against the Rangers. And then he was he was pulled in a little bit, reined in a little, and you can see how when he is constrained or put into a little bit of a box, yeah. he doesn't do as well. So give him give him a little bit more time, give him a, give him the leeway to do what he does. Yeah. And, and I think uh, someone like Savard would be an excellent pairing with him. Yeah, yeah, they've played they've played pretty decent when they've actually yeah. they've actually been on the ice together. But instead, uh, it looks like Weidman is going to be his uh, his partner when they play the next game, yeah. Because they've got Norlander with Savard, which I guess makes sense because Nor- uh, Norlander is the pure rookie. So you put your you put your veteran stay at home guy with him. I, I can I can understand that. Yeah. It's not like Savard's playing great though. He's played better as of late. He has. He's improving. Um, I think it has a lot to do with him getting more comfortable in the system, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> if you can identify yeah, what the yeah. system is, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does look more comfortable, more comfortable in his role, more comfortable with the team, his, his teammates. He's able to, it's taking him time to adjust. And I think that's been the big reason why he was having such a slow start. Absolutely. Now, the Nash, back to the Nashville game itself. Uh, what other... What other point did you want to take a look at? I like that they they played with some they played with some edge they they battled like we saw um, we saw quite a few uh, for a team that doesn't you know they don't play them very often there's not really any say animosity between the two teams like there was a lot of rough stuff after the whistles there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of stuff by the benches um, like Dvorak got him scanned Dvorak got him misconduct. Um, but, uh, like Nick cousins, uh, former Canadian plays for that team. And, uh, uh, he was, uh, he was trying to get under their skin. McCarron's the same way. Um, we saw Josh Anderson drop the, uh, drop the gloves with, um, was it Olivier, Matthew Olivier? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's no slouch. And uh, he and, fed him. His yeah. <laughs> Anderson, oh. Anderson really threw down for that. 
but um, you know, you you look at uh, you you look at how they played, and and they just, as you said in the opening, the forty minutes they played very solid hockey, and after that, it was they they this season, it's been very rare that they've played a full sixty minutes, and obviously the record shows that. Yeah, um, I think the it, difference in that game with Nashville was not just that uh, that extra step but they were it's where they were shooting from and the fact that they had people creating traffic so in the first two periods they were able to get uh, eight scoring chances for and 10 scoring chances for in the first and second they had nine shots in the first period and eight of those were scoring chances 14 shots in the second period 10 of those were scoring chances and that had a ton to do with the fact that they had people at the net something they rarely have done this season. I think that's the biggest, the biggest difference in that game on Saturday versus other games that we've watched. Now they continued that in the third, but way less because they were constantly getting called and then they were back on their feet, uh, on their heels. They just seemed to, uh, it was a tale of two teams. Yeah. And usually but, when they win a game, it's been something that we've noted throughout the season. When they win a game, all of the wins that they have, I'm saying it like that because just let that sink in. All those wins, they haven't been able to. They haven't been able to come back with a strong effort in their next game. No, and it doesn't matter who the team is. And going into the next game, playing Washington, who are playing very good hockey right now, this isn't a team that you can take lightly and kind of sit back and uh, just let them shoot. And it's definitely not a team that you want to take a penalty against. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that Washington doesn't have anyone who can score goals. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's someone who's on a, on an historic pace to possibly break the NHL's goal scoring record of all time. Yeah. You know, just imagine, just imagine it. Yeah. Just imagine if they did. Right. <laughs> My God. To have a sniper who is capable of possibly unseating Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. in a career. Yeah. I mean, just imagine the kind of game that they would have to play to beat them. Yeah. Shall we jump into the Washington series? <laughs> speaking of which. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of Washington, um, they're six, one and one in their last eight games. Um, they've got some players that are playing some ridiculous hockey that aren't named Alex Ovechkin. i get to him in a second, but uh, Ilya Samsonov, their goaltender, young goaltender, uh, he was just named NHL second star of the week. And um, he's got some very good numbers. He's 6-0-1 in the season with three shutouts, uh, 2.11 goals against 924 save and three shutouts in his last four starts. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that, uh, I think that the Canadians are a team that already can't score goals. You put them up against a hot goaltender I think we'll, I think we, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping to be surprised. Uh, getting to Ovechkin though, Ovechkin is 36 years old and everybody seems to think that he's, you know, he's got one, uh, one foot in the retirement home or something because when, it. but when you talk about the elite of the elite, a lot of people are, are and Crosby's the same way. They're not talking about these two players the way that they used to. It's McDavid, it's Drysdale, it's Braden Point, it's Austin Matthews, et cetera, et cetera. 
you look at you look at Alex Ovechkin, 36 years old this season. He's already scored 15 goals in 19 games and has 30 points, leading his team by eight points. And he hasn't stopped playing the way that he does. He's still shooting like a son of a bitch. He's still hitting guys. He's still playing hard. And this is a guy that's playing over 21 minutes a night. He's not, you know, I think he's taken that, that step back from the retirement home and uh, he wants this. He wants this record. You can see it. And it's, it doesn't matter what kind of goal he scores. It's uh, they all count at the end of the day. And he's just as excited if it trickles off a player or if it, if it, if he rips one by on the power play. He's, he's a guy who doesn't have to worry. I'm sure he wants to win another Stanley cup, but he's got a Stanley cup ring now. He does. So he, if he can cement himself in the hall of fame as the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL, that's, that's ultimately his, his main goal. He wants to be seen as the greatest goal scorer ever. And he can do it. He can really do it. And he's, like you said, he's on, he's got 15 goals already. I mean, they're coming off and to talk about the game against the Canadians, the capitals are coming off of a loss to the Kraken in Washington. Yeah. So they were not in Washington state. So they were in Seattle, lost to Seattle on the road. So they're coming home. They're disgruntled. They're, uh, they want to win. They're in the playoff race. So they need to win. And then you've got the Canadians who are coming into town who were a finalist last year. So they're a target already. And they're, they're limping their way in because they've got five wins in 20 games. Yeah. So Washington sees this coming in and they know that the Canadians have never put together back to back wins this season. Yeah. So they smell the blood in the water. They're going to be ready. And they're going to want it. And they've had a couple of days off as well. So it's not just the Canadians coming into this rest. The, the Capitals are as well. So the Habs had better be freaking ready. Yeah, they're and, second in the Metro, 11-3-5 and five on the season. Yeah. This isn't a team you're going to take lightly. And uh, it's mostly to do with their with their top line, obviously, being Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Wilson. So whoever gets that matchup is probably going to be Suzuki. And yeah. – uh, that's not going to be an easy matchup for them. That's for sure. Um, Backstrom hasn't played this season, which is probably a good thing for the Canadians, <laughs> but um, they, they've got skill up and down their lineup. Um, and then I've, I've already brought up uh, Samsonov and how well he's been playing. So it's, uh, it's something that I look for. I, I always look forward to seeing Ovechkin play. I, I've, I've had the opportunity to see him at the world championships or at the world cup of hockey. I've, I've got to see him play a few times live and um, it's always a treat to watch, but you don't want him. You never want him to score against your team, obviously. No. Um, but you're looking at a guy that has already passed um, Brett Hall this season. Uh, he's got 745 goals now, and he's only uh, 21 behind Yager, which could definitely happen this year. Yep. Um, yeah, I would then, not be surprised. And then another stat I'm going to bring up really quick. He is now only, when we talk about power play goals, he's only two goals, well, three goals total from uh, passing Dave Anderchuk with the all-time power play goals with uh, – he would need 275. 
And you know, he's going to be motivated to score on a power play as well, because against the Kraken, they went 0 for 4 and he missed a couple of golden opportunities that he, he visibly reacted with disgust that he missed. So he's going to be refocused on that. And you would think a guy that scores from the Ovechkin spot teams would teams would know how to defend this. And still to this day, 36 year old veteran, one leg in the retirement home of Etchkin can still just drill it just as good as anybody else can in the league. You know, when Ovechkin retires in a few years time, the entire league is going to do a, a little bit of a nod to him. I can, I can see it now. And you know how most te- uh, like uh, teams, when, when a, a number is retired or a player retires and they want to honor them, they put their number behind the net. In his case, I think around the league, they're going to put a little number eight right on yeah. his freaking spot in the uh, face-off circle. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. That would be neat. Yeah. So NHL, you heard it here first. That's what we do for Ovechkin when he retires. Yeah. I think that would be a, a playful nod to, in my opinion, one of the top three goal scorers to have ever lived. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now with the game against the Canadians coming up tomorrow night, the Habs are going to have to deal with that top line and that top pairing a lot. The, yes. the, uh, the Capitals like to play their top players a lot. They yeah. don't roll their lines. No. Unlike the Canadians who, for some unknown reason, like to roll lines even when the, those, some players are not playing well yeah. and still giving, them more, uh, still giving them all kinds of ice time and not riding your hot hands. Washington rides their hot hands. Yes. So that's going to be a factor. I mean, the last game, uh, Ovechkin played over 24 minutes. Carlson played about 25. Wilson and Kuznetsov, 22-ish minutes. I mean, we're talking, like, obviously there's a lot of power play time in there because they they had four power plays. And their power play, they put out their top unit and that's it. They played two full minutes on the power play with their best players. Yeah. Uh, yet another thing that the Canadians do not do. Yeah. Well, you don't have like when Ovechkin, do, Ovechkin doesn't get tired of the power play. He just needs to stand there. <laughs> he literally just stands there. That's, yeah. that's and there's spot. so many, there's so many pictures of him just literally standing there with a stick in his hands, yeah. ready to go. And uh, you know, the play is, he is nowhere near the play. <laughs> He's How like, I a, know it's going to come to me. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> How does a six foot four, 240 pound man turn invisible like that? Hard to say. I mean, that's it's hard but to he believe. Does it, but, but he does it. He does I it know. time after time. And I, I want to see him score goals. Just if he can take a night off against the Canadians, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be okay with that. I'm kind of expecting him to get a, get a Hattie. Oh fuck, probably yeah. all of the, all on the power play. <laughs> yeah. And I fully expect them to call up some random Franco, uh, francophone oh, player, probably. who's gonna, who's gonna, you know get some kind of a hero goal and yeah yeah <clears throat> but the canadians need to find a way to shut that down and score more than two goals in a game yeah at least hendrix lapierre doesn't got sent back to a junior so he's oh, not geez. he's he can't get he can't score against him and uh fukali was sent down so yeah. he can't no go and, from him. and get a get a 40 saves a shutout or something they're going to call up Fukali and they're going to recall. So, I'm just here. going through, I'm going through their lineup. <laughs> so fucking it's going to be Ovechkin's going to get a hat trick. Apparently Eller's going to score two. 
well, it's yeah. his old team, and then Mantha because he's because uh, you he's know because self is yeah because the Silvio Mantha and everything. They'll yeah. probably he'll probably get a couple as well. So Sprong Sprong will get a bunch of assists because oh, he played in the queue. Ah, oh, it's ridiculous. Sometimes <laughs> these these stories just write themselves. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we're not expecting the Canadians to walk into Washington and win that game. It would. It's going to be a tough one if uh, if they can come out and play a full sixty minutes as opposed to the forty minutes they played against Nashville. It's it's going to it's it is what it is. Well, we might see a closer game, but uh, with uh, with uh, with how Ovechkin's been playing in that top line, and obviously with how Samsonov's looked, it's uh, it's not going to be an easy task. If they if they can if they can go into Washington and pick up a win and finally pick up back-to-back wins, then you look at Edmonston coming back, you look at a couple other guys that are coming. Uh, Jake Allen's obviously going to start the game. Might be the little boost they need to to get over, and, and I'm not going to say make a run. Like They still obviously have a lot of hockey to play, but build up some confidence within the team and get some of these young guys going like Caulfield and get Suzuki going still on the pace that he's at um, to Foley, et cetera, who put, up, who put up three points in his last game. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to a, a point that we can finish the show on is, do you think it's time that they, that they um, tank the year? If they were going to tank the year, I think they already would have done it. Yeah. No, and, and it's funny that I say that because you look at the record and obviously it is fucking abysmal, but um, I, I, I've got too much pride in this team to want to see them tank. I don't see the players or the coaching staff being the, uh, being the types to sit back and let it happen. But as, <clears throat> as we're want, want to do, we look at the, we look towards the management and we say, okay, well, what can they do that would help this team keep that top 10 pick? Cause you, you have to make sure that you don't lose. You have to finish in the bottom 10. That's right. If you want to keep that pick, that's right. Because he made that trade for Dvorak. Yeah. If they finish 11th, that goes to, uh, that goes to, that goes Arizona. to Arizona. Yeah. And then you're stuck picking whatever it is that, uh, that uh, Carolina has which is probably going to be around yes. 25. Yeah. So do you think it's time that he's, uh, that uh, Bergevin starts maybe moving some guys out? I don't know about yet. Um, I'm thinking that maybe like, if you look at, you look at cap friendly, which we, we tend to use a lot on this show and everyone, <laughs> yeah. and everyone does. Um, you look at guys that have expiring contracts, um, Lekkinen being one of them, Sherratt being another, Kulak, um, even Weidman, Niku, etc. Yeah, I think the big ticket item this season is going to – I'm not going to say this because he's a superstar offensive defenseman or anything, even though he is. Um, <laughs> but Ben Sherratt, I think he's going to have the best um, – the best return. Yeah. I, I honestly think that the Canadians could get a first round pick for him. You look at what, um, what's been the, uh, the going rate for players like him. I mean, Dennis Savard last year, Dennis Savard, David Savard last year went for 
a high pick. Yeah. So why can't Sherratt? Yeah. And, and I would, I would not want to, I don't want to lose Sherratt, but if it can get them a first round pick, it would obviously be a fantastic addition to the Canadians. And it doesn't say that he can't come back. No, because he's a UFA, he could come back. Right. Now there's a name that I'm going to put out there that is going to piss off a lot of people. And to Veronica at happy hour, I'm sorry, but I got to say this. Lekkonen. I think that if the Canadians were to trade Lekkonen, they could get another first round pick. Potentially. I don't know about a first. I could see it being a second and something. I don't know if you would get a first, but it depends on the team that wants to get him because this guy is a, uh, this guy, he comes to play in the playoffs and he's, he's another one of those guys that can score the big goal when needed most. And we saw it last year in the playoffs. He's, he's the reason they went to the final. Well, you look at the, you look at the, uh, the values that have been handed out to get third line players, like yeah. Blake Coleman and Barkley That's Goudreau. Right. Yeah. The first round picks are being thrown out top yeah. prospects. Now Goudreau and, um, and, and Coleman score a little bit more yeah. than Lekkonen can, yeah. but you look Lekkonen at the defensive better. side. Yeah. yeah. Lekkonen is yeah. better on the defensive side. So if you, it, you can even it out a little bit and say, well, a late first round pick is not unheard of. So if, if, someone is willing a, a, a legit contender is willing to give a first round pick to take him. And you'd also have his RFA rates as well. So, well, they would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 So that adds value to it. So yeah. a first round pick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I can see that. So if he was able to move both Sherratt and Lekkonen, get two first round picks in a draft that they're hosting yeah. on top of the, and that would help them keep that top 10 pick. Yeah. That's I would say, I would say if anything, that you're looking at uh, Sherratt and Kulak being the two guys that go. I can see Sherratt and Kulak and Lekkonen all going. Yeah. Uh, Weidman as well. Weidman yeah, and yeah, Kulak yeah, yeah, yeah. probably yeah. getting you maybe at best a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, I could, but those are the two I'd say for sure probably on their way out. Honestly, all, seeing all of them go out would not be out of the realm of possibility. It, w- it wouldn't be because then they could use – we're going to see what obviously happens with Norlander because he does have that clause in his contract. Yeah. Um, so we're not hundred percent sure what's going on with him. And I would, would much rather see him in the lineup using a Canadians drafted player than a guy like Sammy Niku. Yes. Right. And- so if, if uh, they, they were to lose Kulak, if they were to lose um, Sherratt, Maybe this would be an incentive for, and we've talked about this before on the show, Jordan Harris, to possibly get him in the lineup and say, look, there's a spot for you. Yes, we're probably not obviously going to make the playoffs this year, but you'll play with us this year. You're going to burn a year in your contract, and a spot is available for you for next season. Oh, absolutely. Right, so, so the, 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 op- the, right, the optics are there. Yeah. So Now, move, moving those two out, you, you've got – You've got those two roster spots. Edmondson comes back in. Yeah. He he's on that top pair that leaves your left side open for both Romanov and Norlander. Yeah. Uh, now you want, and he might Harris, even, and he might even bring up a guy like Fairbrother as well. Give him a little, he, he little bit of a look. Cause he's a little, he's a, he's a little bit lower on the scale, but it's another guy that at that point, fucking bring the guy in and see what he can do. Cause he could play on the right side. He can. Yeah. He, he plays on both left and right side uh, equally well. 
sure, call him up, but that it still leaves another roster spot. And Harris, like you mentioned, is the perfect, that's the perfect opportunity come, uh, come March. Yeah. So if Northeastern doesn't do as well as they hope, if they don't make it into that, uh, that, uh, that frozen four, that opens the door to the Canadians giving him a contract much like they did with, uh, with uh, uh, Caulfield last year, yeah. providing him that, that one year, it burns off the first year of his ELC and he's only going to sign a two-year ELC because of his age. That's right. So that would mean he has one year uh, left of his entry level before he becomes an RFA, which is desirable for a lot of young guys, especially someone who's seen as probably the best offensive defenseman outside the a prospect outside the NHL, yeah. especially for the Canadians right now. So if he can walk mm-hmm. in, earn some NHL time, yeah. That that would convince that could convince him to sign yeah, to stay see, in Montreal. And, and and the thing is, it would it would fill such a need. Well, like, that's I know, the thing. It's, right, it really would. <laughs> you you want to modernize this blue line? Yeah, it's it's much too stagnant. It's much too bulky and and immobile. And with this influx of the youth, you're seeing how they're finally turning a corner towards that puck moving style that everybody else has been doing for the last few years. And you can argue that uh, you still need those big guys, those big heavy guys for the playoffs, yeah. but you need to make the playoffs before they can become That's right. effective. That's right. And the thing is you look at some of the teams that have done very well in the last few years and I'll say Tampa, let's just throw that out there yeah. where you've got some big guys that can still move the puck, but they're, I'm not gonna say they're a dime a dozen, but there there's not like there's not a lot of them in the league there 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 really there really is not a lot of guys like 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 a victor headman that can play such so well defensively and kill you on the score sheet as well and they also have mcdonough exactly who who kills you defensively and does do a great job of moving the puck up even if he doesn't get a lot of points that's right so yeah but that's that's the kind of defense core that every other team is going to, you look at Colorado now who are one of the top uh, Stanley cup contenders this year. Yep. And they've got Byram and you, you, they got this. Byram, Gerard, McCarr, yeah. Devin Taves. Yeah. So yep. they got four or five guys who are really, really slick puck movers. Yep. They need a little bit of muscle. So Ben Sherratt, maybe. Could very well be honestly. I mean, a team that's that's expected to be in the final four or in the final, what's giving up a first round pick for yeah. a team that's really trying to go win that cup. If yeah. that player can give you that little bit of an edge, why not? So, um, so, I'm, this I'm, is, so what you're saying is I shouldn't buy a Sherrod jersey yet. Uh, no, no. Uh, I would just buy a number eight and you can just change the name bar. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing. Like you look at uh, like Tampa Bay again as an example. Uh, Tampa under Stevie Eiserman, they had about eight years where they were really good, and then a bad year. A good year, bad year, up and down, up and down. But in those bad years, when they were bad, they were bad. Yeah. So they'd end up with high picks. That's how they got guys like Stamkos and Hedman. They yeah. pick. They were getting those high picks. That's why I think this year it's important for the manager to maybe do a little bit to stack the deck towards losing. It's not tanking percent. Like it is kind of tanking, 
when you're trading away solid veteran players for assets, futures like that, but at the same time, it's opening the door to give the roles to the young guys that you want them to fill eventually anyway. So you just give them the role, let them play in it, grow in it, because next year, that's when you really want them to step up. Well, that's like, obviously, when we want to see Carey Price back between the pipes. That is, that is the main goal is to see him back with the Canadians. However, the best thing right now is for this guy to be at full health physically and mentally so he can come back and play his best hockey. If it happens that he's out a little bit longer and you've got a role with Allen and Montembeau and maybe even Primo, that's okay. Yeah. Um, the Canadians have 11 picks going into the draft and you brought it up that if the pick is in the top 10 um, it goes to the Canadians keep it. If it, if, and if it doesn't, then they, 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 they keep Carolinas. Um, question about that. So if they, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to throw this together. If, if it's a top 10 pick, they keep theirs. And then they give Carolinas to Arizona, right? Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. So that's why trading guys like a, like a Sherratt or even Lekkinen, if they bring in a couple more first round picks, yeah. it, this draft is supposed to be very, very deep, especially yeah. when it comes to centermen and defensemen. Yes. Like, you know, if the Canadians, if the Canadians are picking in the top 10, they're probably right now, they're looking like they're picking in the top five. You got yeah. guys like, uh, like Brad Lambert, uh, yeah. Connor Geeky, Matthew Shane Savoy. Wright. Yeah, Shane Wright, Matthew Savoy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, there's of, definitely some players there. Any of those guys. There's a Slovakian be, kid that I'm not even going to try to say his name, but apparently he's supposed to be the next Ranton. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like 17 letters and they're all yeah, vowels. Most of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look them up. Look them up. I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg, everybody. Yeah. But if it's going to be fun around, to see Treg try to say his name. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, but if you are picking around five, you know, yeah. let's say the Canadians pick around five and Connor Geeky is right there. You got a six foot four centerman who can probably step into the NHL next year More in a third thing. line role. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So that's why I'm saying that this year with such a deep draft, if you end up with someone who's NHL ready with your first of three first round picks, you get a second first round pick somewhere in there. You get a good solid prospect on top of the two or three second round picks you have you're starting to really, really stockpile those prospects in a very deep year. Not to mention the last four years, they've picked 39 players. Yeah. I knew in this year going into this draft, they got 11 picks. Yeah. Uh, three, so uh, a first, a second, three thirds, two fourths, a five, six and two in the seventh. Yeah. So we'll see if they, uh, they keep their seventh or if they flip it to Philadelphia, but we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Traditions dictates. Traditions dictate, yeah. But yeah, so that that's kind of what I'm getting at with uh, the whole management stepping in. And that's why having a lame duck GM really kind of hurts that. Like, is he willing to play the villain and move some of these guys out? Is he really willing to do that? If he thinks, does he think doing that would hurt his chances at another job? So I can see him moving the guys out that should be moved. Um, yeah, the, the obvious choices. The obvious choices. I don't see him unless the, the unless the deal is 
just spot, spot, spot on moving out a guy that still has a term left on his deal. Yeah. Someone like a, a Byron or a Drouet, for instance. Yeah. Or like, I don't know what, I don't know what the marketplace would obviously be for, for a guy like Byron, but um, somebody like an Armia or someone yeah. like even a, even a, a Toffoli or something like that. It, it really depends on, on the ask or, or what the, what the package is going to be. But um, I, I really doubt we see a player like that move out. I think it's going to be more or less the obvious choices that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. And I, I would, I would prefer that he doesn't wait until the deadline in uh, mid-March. Yeah. I would rather that he has a set value for each player yep. and shops them around. And if someone says, I'll we'll, fight yeah, for that yeah, value. We'll meet, we'll meet that, yeah. Yeah. You take then, it, yeah. then you move them. Yeah. Like that's the value you set. Meet that value because you never know. There, someone could get hurt um, on their team and then they're like, ah, now we can't do it. Or they decide, you know, we're going to go a different direction, get something else. And now they don't have the cap or the assets or the desire. So you strike when the iron's hot. If that, if your guy is playing well and they offer you what you think he's worth, take it. Just take it. Yeah. If they have the opportunity to get a first round pick for sure. I think they're taking it. If, 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 that, if, that. yeah, if that's a number that's common, then yeah, it's probably something you're going to jump all over. Yeah, even if a team protects that pick or whatever, like just take it. Yeah, yeah. It shifts the first to the following season. Who cares? That's take fine it. too. That's fine too. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. Because that opens up, like we mentioned, roster space, time on yep. ice, roles, yep. Yep. Um, development. Uh, it it adds an element of development for their young guys. Yes, which is something that they've had an issue with in the past, and yep. we're starting to see a little bit of a shift that some of these young guys are starting to get a little bit of playing time. So on a season that more or less, I'm not going to say it's over, but a quarter way through, you know, you're, you're 20 games into the season or whatever the hell they've played so far. And uh, you, you are so far on the outside looking into a playoff picture that, you know, give the, give the guys those opportunities to play them a couple extra minutes a game and we'll see what happens into the next season when you can come back with a healthy roster, hopefully. That should be the focus this year because yeah. development should be the main focus. Yeah. You have five wins in 20 games. You are not making the playoffs unless you go uh, and win 40, 40 games yeah. in the next 60. Yeah, yeah you- they, they've got to go on quite a tear and yeah. they've got to hope that some of the teams ahead of them are going to just completely shit the bed. So. And even with the, but then you have the loser point too, that just right. throws everything off. So if you don't get at least 40 wins out of those 60 games, you're yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And the likelihood they get 40 wins out of the next 60. That's right. I, I'm not putting any money on that. Yeah. And with the draft being in Montreal, which uh, I'm hoping that both of us can attend. I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun. And I've, uh, I've booked my, I've booked my hotel and my plane tickets. So. <laughs> but for, 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 you know, for anyone else that's on a podcast that's listening to this, uh, we would love to see you guys. I think it's the, uh, it is the opportunity um, to really to socialize and network and uh, put a face, put a face to a, to a Twitter handle or something like that. And uh, I've been to, I was at the draft in 2014, 15, 16, and 18. And I met, I, Blaine and I met in uh, 
in Florida in uh, 2015. And uh, it is, it is a, uh, it is a, is quite an opportunity. And, and this year for it to be in Montreal, if, uh, if any of you guys have the opportunity to go, it would be, uh, it'd be great to, to, to meet you and uh, share that experience. I would love it if other podcasters and some of our listeners and followers had the balls to meet us in Montreal this summer. Yeah, meet, you McLean, meet you at McLean's. Meet you at McLean's. Meet you at McLean's. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of balls, brace yourselves. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to charge the to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. Their Perfect Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help with you close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver, it's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in a shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfilter 20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfilter 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code unfiltered 20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And our, our guest in the last episode, uh, Norm Gallant, proudly showed off his uh, shed travel bag. So the beast from the east <laughs> keeps things trimmed. <laughs> I'd also like to thank our, uh, our other sponsors, Boxing Rock, for, uh, with their delicious puck off beer. Uh, if you ever get the chance, the opportunity to go to uh, the liquor store to purchase some, please do so. Uh, they are available in the Maritimes, and I'm, they haven't traveled outside of the Maritimes yet, but they are coming. They are coming. And I might say that they are delicious. Uh, also, No Name Hockey, you can use the code HABS10 to get 10% off of your custom sticks and equipment. That's nonamehockey.co. Habs 10, 10% off any custom-made sticks and equipment. So, any final thoughts? One more. Head on over to 514 Shirts 
and pick up a, a Hebs and Filter t-shirt. They come in various colors. They're very high quality shirts. Um, Blaine's wearing one right now. Um, they, are, they are very, very nice shirts. I'm not just saying that. And the thing is, we don't get any money from this. Um, nope. 100% of the profits go to Vets Canada. Um, it's, a, uh, it's an organization that is there to uh, support veterans and try to end uh, homelessness in veterans. And uh, obviously, Blaine and I both serve. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cause that's really near and dear to us. And uh, head on over to uh, 514 Shirts. Pick up a Habs Unfiltered shirt. 100% of the profits go to Vets Canada. And, uh, you know, it, it, especially with the, uh, with the, the winter months coming, it's getting colder. The more veterans we can help, the more people we can help, the better. And uh, the shirts, as I said, they're fantastic, great quality. And, uh, you know, even if you don't, even if you don't support the Canadians, you know, you, you look at our, you look at our, uh, our logo and uh, it's not a big hab symbol, right? So, you know, buy it for yourself, buy it for a friend, but the, uh, the most important thing is buy one of them and support veterans. Yeah, there's a reason why we chose the poppy as, uh, as part of our logo. Uh, the stylized poppy, it, uh, it's a nod to our service and to our, our fellow veterans. So yes, please, please do buy them. Uh, Vets Canada also does a lot of work with uh, a dollar a day organization where they purchase guitars for uh, guitars for vets and help uh, veterans who are transitioning from service to civilian life uh, work on their mental health. uh, Those with PTSD, those, and just that transition that uh, that shock to the system of going from the military to back to civilian life is a big, big change. Um, It's hard to explain unless you've served, but it's, it's, it's like moving to another world. And this group helps with that. That's why the more we can support them, the better. Uh, for me, I want to thank everybody for listening to the, sh- to the episode. I, I, I want to thank you all for interacting with us, sharing, um, sending us questions, sending us comments, uh, and basically just, uh, just making the online portion of this podcast uh fun it's 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 a lot of fun to interact with you guys shoot the breeze um get uh, get your your points of view um that that's what makes this a lot of fun the other podcasters out there with their podcasts who interact with us as well uh we've named a few already but you guys (laughs) make the community a lot more welcoming a lot more inviting so we're glad that you use it, that you come to us as one of your trusted sources, but keep in mind, there's many, many others, and we don't discourage you from going out and checking them all out, coming back and giving us different points of view that we may not have thought of. So um, I just want to thank you for that. And uh, remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Hubs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, Go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells, use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle 
and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.